Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from the steamy Flowwood Studios. And I'm here with two fellows named Caleb and Tyler. We need to clarify that real quick. Steamy. It's just hot. It's just hot today. It's, it's January. Just... It's too hot for January. But uh, here we are. We're going to power through. We, we don't let the weather or the temperature dictate the quality that, of the podcast that you guys get. So with Never. that, what we're going to talk about is... It is January. A lot of people starting uh, new fitness routines or getting back in the routine. And we're going to talk about fad diets, fad exercise trends, that type of thing. Um, we've been in this game a long time and we see things come and go and then come again and then go again. And it seems like there's a lot of cycles involved in um, this day and age. There's a lot of people on Instagram uh, promoting different things uh, because they're paid to promote different things. And we want to kind of just kind of talk about uh, how to, you know, wade through all that massive amounts of contradicting contradicting evidence and that type of stuff, and help you determine um, what is the best path path, best path for you going forward. I like, uh, may I, Tyler? Please. I'm sitting down. You guys can't see, but my my uh, my chair doesn't work, so I'm sitting a little low. So I got it. Takes me a minute to get to the mic. Um, I think for us, there are some things that um, over time I start working with people and you start to hear a lot of. And the biggest reason why we want to talk about trends is not because we want you to choose our trend over another trend. It's not that at all. It's that over time when, when you do something that we uh, that has shown itself to not be sustainable for many people, it everything works for some person. So everything works. So we'll say that everything is works for a person out there but what we're trying to do is talk about the general population and when we see things that don't work very often what it does is it helps or it it creates um a a fear almost of trusting yourself to set a goal and it almost leads to a little bit of burnout that can send you in the other direction so the reason we talk about this isn't to like we're not going to bash other things just for the sake of doing it and it's not any any motivation other than when people set a goal and they don't accomplish it, it can really be frustrating and it can lead to another year of, I don't trust myself to set this goal. And so I'm going to give up. And when you give up, you end up pursuing, you, you end up not pursuing health and not going in the direction that, that you know, you want to be and that your goal was in the first place. Yeah. The way I see trends, maybe is like a whole in society and in the and there's specifically in fitness but i mean everything has it has a trend in in finance and business but in in fitness specifically um i think a lot of times trends take off and trends are successful because the right person said the right thing in the right medium right the the right celebrity accredited this certain methodology that worked for them and they happen to be the right person but then when you know a, a general population adopts that 
that perspective. I think for most people, psychologically, what happens is that the trend itself or the fat itself specifically, say, you know, uh, like a, like a name diet, um, you know, comes, comes, comes and goes all, all the time, right? Cycles through and that name diet becomes maybe the excuse for why something doesn't work. Um, or the excuse to why something does work other than the, than the, the hard work that someone has put in. So let's just like, you know, like keto, for example, right? Like keto has come and gone and sure maybe there's someone out there it works for maybe there's someone out there that they absolutely hate it i could not i could care less either way but like i think a lot of people will adopt something like that to give themselves something to lean on um and then whenever things go wrong all of a sudden it's like oh no keto didn't work for me uh, that's just my that's it didn't work because it was keto's fault or you know and it's just a, it's a way to just pass pass the, the mentality of ownership on to something else that is uh like theoretical something that's not tangible when really like there are some science backed ways like if you take a i'm a man of science i love the science behind accomplishing goals like you want to gain muscle you want to lose body fat there's some scientific ways we can back up those those goals and when you can rely on that 9.9 times out of 10 you're going to accomplish your goal but if you back up a goal with an intangible idea then a lot of times it just gives you something to to have as an excuse when it doesn't go your way when i think back to my uh health and fitness journey uh when i started crossfit in 2010 is when i really started you know doing a deep dive into nutrition and health and um different training methodologies and that type of thing and if you really look back you know there was lots of different waves of different types of fads that came along you know there was the huge aerobics uh stuff in the 80s and then you know you had weight watchers and then you had atkins and then uh when i started crossfit the the big thing they were promoting is the zone diet which is basically uh, breaking your meals down into blocks of protein carbs and fat and then determining how many blocks a day um that you should take which ended up you know being extremely extremely complicated for most people to try to figure out and then shortly after that became paleo and that's something that i started doing and had tons of success with as far as losing weight and losing body fat um but it really ended up hurting me and i talked about that on my last episode in when i was trying to compete and not having enough fuel to compete in that type of thing and then shortly after paleo it went into macros and then it was if it fits your macros and you could eat whatever you want as long as it was in your in your macros and people were promoting you know eating donuts uh as long as it fits your macros and you could have six packs and eat, eat your donuts and that type of thing. And then along came, um, uh, keto, you know, keto came along and then everybody was talking about getting in ketosis. And then, you know, then there was like the low fat, you know, trend and then, you know, keto's high fat trend. And then now we're circling back to the ancestral diet, which is basically paleo again, which and is basically yeah. just taking steroids. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that's a great example that we can talk about is the liver King, you know, was telling everybody that these ancestral tenants they lived by, by, and he was eating hearts and kidneys and um, nothing but meat, and he looked like that, and um, saying he was all natural, and then it finds out that he's on enough steroids to kill a small horse, <laughs> and and so then you know that kind of thing. You know, he has millions and millions of followers, and every you know tons of people knew who he was. That kind of thing really starts to break trust and can lead people to think well, gosh, one person's telling me this and they look really fit. Well, but this other person's telling me this other thing and they look really fit. And I think ultimately what, what we have to do is break down, like what are the basics that work across the board and what, 
like Caleb mentioned earlier, what is sustainable for us long-term? Because a lot of these, like, you can go on a juice cleanse, and, yeah, you can lose a lot of weight, but as soon as you uh, get off the cleanse, you're going to, you know, blow back up. And what is something that's sustainable for years and years and for a lifetime? Like, you know, 200 years ago, our ancestors weren't talking about what type of diet they were eating. You know, this is something that's new. You know, or they weren't talking about what exercise program they were following. You know, all this stuff is new and people are trying to figure it out. But the more we can break it down to the basics of what works for humans and has worked for humans for thousands of years, um, we can really determine what is the best route for us. Because ultimately, if we're looking at this as a lifetime of health and fitness, which can be, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, what is something that we can do for that extended period of time? Not as, not as what is something that I can do for six weeks and lose as much weight as I can. And then, um, I don't know what I'm going to do after that. One thing that I think is hard about this is that we're becoming more and more educated, um, as time goes on about a lot of things, you know, there's, uh, we can just look at the example of, you know, doctors 50 years ago, smoking cigarettes on the way to their appointments. And, you know, you have all this, all these different things that start to come out over time of, oh, this has been shown to cause cancer. And, you know, this has been shown to be bad for you over, you know, we didn't know that 20 years ago. And so that I think leads to a little bit of confusion as well. But the trend that I see with that is most people now are operating off of this TikTok video fear mongering of ingredients to where people are now focusing so much on the micronutrients and the artificial and the chemicals and the words you can't explain because there are some things that they've been putting in food that are not good for you because that exists. Now, all of a sudden people are paralyzed by the thought. So now, you know, you have these stickers, non GMO stickers and things on foods. And it doesn't matter because it's, it doesn't apply to that food anyway, but people think it's healthier because that stickers on there. And so you just, I think for, for a lot of people, it can be really confusing and it can be really frustrating because you have someone walking through the grocery store telling you how all this stuff is going to kill you and that a Diet Coke is going to kill you because it has artificial aspartame and all these things that scientifically are not shown to do that at all. But they sound good and it sounds like something simple. And so... um, It's a scary word. yeah. Yeah. And so like what Hunter said, getting back to like, what is what is the whole purpose of why we're wanting to eat healthy anyways? And what have people done across generations um, and getting back to the main things and not being distracted by uh, what's current, I think is a great, is always a good option. If you can look back and say, okay, people have done this for a long, long time. And so for us, we like to, you know, we like to get to starting with the macros of food and what do I need for my body to be healthy and starting there. Yeah, and, and that sets up, I mean, for a lot of different routes that you can take. And when we work with clients one-on-one, and especially in the nutrition setting, like we like to set it up individual for each person. Each each person we has different preferences, right? There's food that you may be allergic to that you can't eat. All of a sudden, if you can't eat sh- shellfish and a trend comes out that's like, shellfish-only diet is going to help you live to 350 years old, it's like, Oh, I'm allergic to shellfish. I guess I'm screwed. Sorry. Right. Like that's not how it works. Um, and so I think something that I've learned working with people one-on-one, something I've learned listening to you guys over the, over the years and, and being involved in, in this process is that, uh, finding the thing that you can do consistently and do consistently well is going to more than likely be what works for you. If, if you hate eating broccoli, 
And you just, like, you wake up and you loathe the thought of eating broccoli. And you go to bed at night and you just can't stand broccoli. Like, don't eat broccoli. Like, no matter what, you know, organization with a big stamp on it says broccoli is the best thing in the world for you. Like, if you can't stand the even thought of broccoli, that you don't need to force yourself through something that you can't stand. And so that's something that I love to do is help people find what it is that they enjoy about food, what it is that they enjoy about exercise. Um, but, you know, specifically on the on the, the nutrition side of things is, like, what, what foods do you love to eat? Okay, or, you know, what do you lean towards? Um, and then what is your goal? So when we work individually, it, it's going to be goal-based. Um, and if your goal is to, you know, lose body fat and gain muscle or even just to maintain the overall weight that you're at, it's like, okay, let's start with that macronutrient breakdown. What scientifically, like, what calories do we need to eat what percentage of macronutrients are going to help you get there, right? And then how can we consistently find the foods that you enjoy to eat that are still foods that are quality? And, you know, we've got a list of quality foods. We know the difference in quality foods and non-quality foods, right? We've, the, it doesn't have to have a non-GMO sticker on it, right, to be considered a, a quality type of food. And so I guess kind of the basis of what I'm getting at is, I think for for people I've worked with, for the most part, it's it's finding what what trends, and we're talking about fads and trends, but what can you do consistently day in day out that's going to help you reach your goal? And I think health and fitness works the best whenever you have a specific goal in mind to reach. And so I think a lot of people opt for these trends because a lot of people don't really know why they're doing what they're doing, and they don't know what their goal is. So that's why we start with. What is your goal and why do you want to reach that goal? Because if you don't know why you want to reach that goal, of course, you're going to go for the flashy object. You're going to go for the first thing you see. And in six weeks, you're going to be like, man, dude, I've been drinking nothing but celery, celery juice and, and beet powder. And, you know, now I have no idea what to do. And so starting with what it is that you're looking to accomplish and why you want to do that, um, I think is is probably where 90 eight percent of people should start not what trend should i hop on when i'm looking at trends in general and not just health and fitness but lots of different trends um i think about it a little more abstractly and i think uh perspective is such a huge uh way to look at trends specifically um because humans that have been around for thousands of years and you know you can trace back recorded history you know, thousands of generations, like think about like there's a thousand generations before you that you came from. And like if, if we're talking about a book, for example, the chance that a book that it has has survived hundreds of years and is still around um, to be read and people are still reading it, the chances are that book's going to be pretty good because it's passed through lots of generations of people. Um, and so you're going to be much more likely to find a quality book that was written a thousand years ago that's still around as opposed to a book that was written last year. Um, if that makes sense. And I think about the same way as in diet and nutrition. Like if most of the food that I eat looks like something that every single one of those generations over the last thousand years would probably have eaten or at least close to it, I'm probably going to be in pretty good shape. Um, same thing with exercise. You know, if what I'm doing for my exercise movements, the most of it, it looks like functional movements that my ancestors did, they... I promise you they squatted. I promise you they ran. I promise you they jumped. I promise you they picked up things over their head. I promise you they got on the ground and got back up. You can go look at kids on the playground and they're doing the same thing. If the majority of your stuff is looks like that and not like some thing where you have some bouncy shoes on your feet and you're jumping around, like 
I, you're going to be much more likely to have success because that is those are methods of diet and exercise that have been proved to work for thousands of years. And so when we're thinking about trends that all of a sudden somebody came out with the best new diet that in the, in the history of humanity, nobody has ever figured out till this very moment. And it's going to bring out peak performance in you. That's just a crazy claim and insane for somebody to even make that claim because there's no way for them to ever say that's true or prove it when there's plenty of incredibly healthy fit people that have lived before that never even heard of that trend, that workout trend or that extra uh, diet. And so I think about that a little bit more abstractly and what has worked for people for generations and try to model a lot of what you do based off that. For me, I think what I see in most of the trends and we'll, we'll let's go to exercise in a minute, but sticking with the nutritional trends. Um, one of the things that I see the most often is that most trendy diets and fads start with what types of food you're eating. And most people's, the reason Tyler, like what you were saying, the reason why they started is because of the quantity issue. And so instead of approaching a quantity to meet their goal, they start with what types of food I'm eating, but that's the hardest thing you can possibly do is start with changing the foods that you love and taste and make you feel good instead of just addressing the amount of those things that you're eating and then working towards changing that. So the example is if you have someone whose goal is they know they've put on 20 pounds over the last couple years, they have an issue with the amount of food they're eating. The way that you would start with that person is not to say, okay, let's start with, we're going to eat, you know, veggies and we're going to eat grilled chicken and we're going to eat grilled salmon, right? That would be the hardest way to possibly go from, I'm eating McDonald's or I'm eating Chick-fil-A, honey mustard, dip sauce, and we're having lasagna at night to just flip a switch and all of a sudden change all of the taste of your food is a really hard thing to go to all fat and just immediately cut down all sugar all at once is the worst possible idea you could have when it comes to a diet like two days two days yeah and so what we would start with is saying hey let's start with the amount of what we're eating eat what you're normally doing and let's have a gradual ramp into what that person's goal was which is losing losing weight so i think about with with a lot of the fads i think they're going about trying to accomplish a goal and they're doing it the hardest way possible and that's changing the food that you eat i read a study uh, that was talking about kids uh, and the diets they have at school and i you know we we could talk about this a lot more but um, we have an obesity epidemic amongst children in the country and um, a lot of the foods they're eating at school are cakes and pizza and tater tots and mac and cheese and bread-based and sugary cereals and sugary milk chocolate milk and things like that and one of the ways that they're approaching to create some sustainable change is not by just subbing out the strawberry ice cream for strawberries it's trying to gradually change those habits from strawberry ice cream to strawberry yogurt with whipped cream then you know a greek yogurt that's got some protein a little bit less sugar and then going maybe to a regular yogurt with strawberries that has a little bit of sweetness so for us we kind of operate the same way let's just gradually change and and that's where i think that's what makes fads fun is it's easy to try to feel like you just flipped a switch and you're you changed but that's just not how we operate so i think a gradual the way that we approach those fad diets and is is not by 
trying to make it just an overnight switch, but to say, let's work gradually and let's create new habits around, you know, a, a sustainable approach. And, and that's what keeps people from being burned out. Yeah. And Hunter, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking about, you said that like, what, what is generations of thousands of generations of people done? And, uh, you know, if you're, if your goal is weight loss and I start to think about what is every human that's ever lived done and it's drink water. Like I started thinking about what's like probably the number one thing that most people could, could add in. If, if maybe we're starting a new trend, Hey, new trend, guess what? Drink water. Like new fat, the water only new, diet. New, new, I new, promise you'll lose weight. Prom- yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's got to be filtered. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be like, Atlantic like, shipped in water from. But you know what's funny is somebody just made a post about they were like making fun of all the different people on TikTok giving completely contradictory you know ideas for health and fitness, and it finished with some girl saying, "You know what? I'm giving up water completely, and let me tell you why." <laughs> and he's just like, just cut his yeah. thing off, and it's just like. I mean, everybody is telling something completely something different, crazy. but like the idea of, oh, you don't need to eat water anymore. That's just, yeah. I mean, drink water anymore. That's ludicrous. It's, yeah. There's, it's funny. Cause there's like, that is a serious thing where the people are posting and people are reposting. My wife has had amazing results. Her transformation has been great over the years. She's the healthiest she's ever been. And she had someone who was like, yeah, you know, I know you're having results, but like, are you drinking like filtered water? Because you know, that causes all this stuff. And it's like, there's just there's always something to focus on that's not the main thing and a lot of the fads do that what about exercise like we've talked about dieting you know and different diet fads i think we're all aware that everybody's tried weight watchers everybody's tried keto everybody's tried these things but so we know that doesn't work for most people but when it comes to exercise what are some of the things that you see that are that are fads that people have done in your experience and what was maybe the side effect that they didn't expect from from a non-sustainable fad like that. I've got one that I'll share after. I think just when it comes to exercise selection, um, the functional movements are unique in their ability to express power. Um, And that's why we do them. And what that means is we are able to um, do more work in shorter amount of time, which is going to make our body adapt more by doing squats and deadlifts and presses and running and jumping and that type of thing. Um, And so, you know, if you really want to get nerdy with it, you can really start calculating your power output from your workout and determine uh, how much work you got done in your workout. And the fad diets or fad diets, fad exercise trends, if you go and look and really somebody can dig in and figure out how much work was done, it's going to be very minimal compared to somebody that comes in here and does thrusters and burpees you know that's going to be a very high power output high work capacity your body is going to adapt a lot from that and so that's why you know this type of training makes people get so fit so quickly because you're you're doing a lot of work in a very short amount of time and so that's what everything is based around but you know there are so many different things that i've seen you know i grew up my mom uh would do uh Jane Fonda or Richard Simmons in the living room. I watched her do it hundreds of times. I like know one of the tapes by heart back and <laughs> forth. And, um, you know, she has serious uh, knee issues that she attributes to some of that uh, stuff that she's uh, had to work through. And there are so, like, so many different trends of like uh, that type of thing that just ends up putting your body in really uh, bad positions and overworks certain muscles 
in your body to cause them to, um, you know, start causing inflammation and start, you start having pain, um, as opposed to looking at the body as a whole. And I think so many of these, um, exercise, uh, plans don't treat the body as a whole. They don't even think that the whole basis is let's see how many calories we can burn. And if that's your goal, um, you're doing it all wrong because you're not creating a sustainable workout plan for your body that's going to allow you to continue to make progress because if your whole goal is just to look and see how many calories you burn you're not going to set your body up to be able to literally change your composition lower your body fat percent increase your metabolism keep you healthy keep you progressing and um, all the the beautiful benefits that come from from training the right way and so um, to me it's just the whole focus on calorie burn and how many calories calories I burn. Number two, like there's no way they can possibly know how many calories you burn in an exercise. It's impossible. Like those things are not even close to accurate. And so the idea of I'm going to burn 400 calories on the treadmill so then I can go eat my cheeseburger, 400 calorie cheeseburger. It doesn't work like that. Like your body does not work like that. And so if you're making decisions based off that, you're setting yourself up to never really make any progress. Yeah. where are you finding that 400 calorie cheeseburger at Hunter? I, I, I need that recipe. Bro. Maybe a, maybe a, <laughs> a, a junior, maybe yeah, a junior, junior, um, cheeseburger, no cheese, no burger, please. Um, <laughs> no, uh, talking about this may not exactly answer your question, Caleb, but I was having a, this reminds me of a conversation. Um, I was actually having with a member this morning, uh, related to one of your posts that you made the other day. Boom. Boom. Starting conversation. That's it. Um, follow and me. follow the, me. Yeah. Hunter Owen, uh, <laughs> I don't even know you're off your top of my head. Uh, plug it later. Um, but it was interesting that the conversation was uh, that the post was something along the lines of um, like health and like when you change your perspective on health and fitness from uh, like a f- physique or an, an appearance based yeah. results or from a calorie target based results um, to um, creating, I think, long term, long term health and fitness, health and fitness, um, then all of a sudden, like, everything changes in your whole life. And like, you know, they were asking me like, Hey, what do you think about that? And the reason I got into fitness, uh, from a kind of a sciencey nerdy perspective is like, I love the, I actually really love the science and the, and the actual different adaptations that doing our type of workouts will create in your body. Like the, the third wave adaptations, all those things. Like I love nerding out about that kind of stuff, but simply put, is that he said you know what what do you think about having a goal that's that's based on long-term health and fitness and what does that actually mean um and so i can only tell him what it meant to me and and to me what it means is um being fitter next year than i am this year um and what that means on a day-to-day basis is being able to accomplish more work tomorrow than i can do today what that means every single workout is that I need, we need to know how much work where our capacity is outputting. So like you, we talk about, you know, nutrition, making your body composition change and, and exercise, making your body composition change. And really what we're doing is like, we're creating adaptations with that. If, if you want to get into it like that. And, and so whenever, you know, we talk about what is not a, what is not a fad, like straight up, what is not a fad is being fitter next year than you are this year. And how are you going to do that? Well, you don't really know unless you can measure your work capacity and your total output. Let me, uh, let me elaborate on what I meant by that post real quick. You guys are huge nerds, by the way. And and then I know Caleb's got, Caleb's going to say booty bands. So, so (laughs) if you saw my post, my point in that post was that so many of us get into fitness because 
either we want to compete or we like want to get jacked or look how we look in the mirror. Well, eventually there gets a point in your life where you are not going to continue be able to compete at the same level or look the same because you're going you're getting older. And I've seen so many people at that point um, quit, and all of a sudden then they start getting out of shape. Where my contention is, the older you get, the more important it is for you to be working out and watching what you eat and exercise. Like most people think of going to the gym as something like. 20 year olds and 30 year olds do and as you get older then you just can't do that anymore but i i believe that the older you get the more important it is because that's going to extend your life and improve the quality of your life as you get older but it it requires a mental shift of of the reason ultimately why you're coming to the gym yes competing still compete when you come to the gym yes still try to set prs and that type of thing but ultimately the reason you're coming is because it it, you're you're improving your lifespan and your quality of life for the next 20 30 40 years and so that you have to get away from the i'm coming so i can be the fastest person on the board today and if i don't today was a failure to today's a win because i came and i'm going to try to compete and do my best but ultimately this is so that when i have grandkids i can go outside and play in the yard. I see it with my parents every single day. They are able to play with uh, their grandkids and keep up with them and move stuff around their house um, better than they would have been able to 10 years ago because they because of what they've been doing. And so when you see enough people that are that is literally life-changing for them, it makes you want to shake people that are only doing it just to get stronger. And then when they can't get stronger anymore, they quit because they're too old. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you're not too old. You're, the older you get, the more important it is for you to get. Like, what if you stop working out when you're 40 and you lose all your muscle mass and then you fall when you're 65 and break your hip because you don't have any muscle? What are you going to do then? Like, you're like, that could be uh, catastrophic for yeah. you. And so um, the older you get, the more important it is for you to do it, not less important. You just have to change your ultimate why of why you're coming to the gym every day. That was my point of that that post. Absolutely. The point I was going to make is that point exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're almost out of time. So, Caleb, you had one trend you wanted to, to, to talk about. I've got four things here. Four, uh, I've right. got 14 yeah. things here that I've listed. Okay. Uh, okay. No, you're exactly right. Uh, that's what I was going to say. That's the first thing I thought about was the thing that's a fad about the CrossFit methodology is coming into the gym and trying to compete with the person beside you. Uh, that is a fad because that cannot last forever. It's not no sustainable. No one has that. It's not sustainable. Athletes retire, even mm-hmm. the most competitive people in the world. Matt Fraser retired. He's not even, how old is he? 30? Maybe. Yeah, 30, 31, 32. He's yeah. retired from that because it can't. it's not sustainable. So why we think that that is something that's sustainable. So I would just encourage people to really, really remember every day while they're coming into the gym. And that's what is not a fad. That's what changes the movements themselves. The fad is, I think, just getting caught up in the performance side of it and not the health side of it. So uh, that's one thing I would say. The I think that um, in general, the one fad that I have seen too and – I hope David Goggins doesn't come after me for this. Um, but I, I think that challenges that encourage you to do more exercise mm-hmm. are the worst of all the fads because not only is it not sustainable, it puts in your mind that you need to be doing more. And most people are doing that because they have a nutrition, they have something they're trying to outwork. And so when we can refocus on nutrition, all of a sudden, you get to work out less and get better results. Now, not less in that you don't work out anymore, but you don't have to work out twice a day. You don't have to, Overdo you know, it. skip your skip an event with friends and family because you've got to go to the gym on Sunday afternoon, you know, in order to burn off all the wine that you had the day before. 
all of a sudden when you start to track your food, that's not a fad. That is a diet that works forever and actually gives you more freedom. And so for me, the fad there is working out too much, you know, get hard. I got to work out two hours a day. I've got to do cardio for 60 minutes on the weekend every day. And all that does is teach you how to eat while you're burning uh, way, way more calories than you're going to be burning later. You're going to have to relearn how to eat when the challenge is over anyways. And so I think the unsustainable nature of that for us, the accountability for us is that we're not praising people's ability to get the best time or to compete when they're not there to compete they're there to be healthy so uh so that's just that's those are the fads i think hunter said one thing too i've got to say the the importance of working out just goes up as you get older the importance of eating enough protein and taking a supplement to help with protein that goes up as you get older as well and so those are not young people things they're not young people games they actually are more important as we start to get into uh middle age and older and so that's what i would just encourage people to do is not think of those things as fad but those things are even more important as you get older hunter you said something a, a while back on social media or maybe it was to me i can't remember um but it was something along the lines of the uh, the diet that works for six to twelve weeks is the same diet that works for the lifetime, but just in a different lens. And so, and maybe I'm, I'm misquoting you a little bit there, but what I talk to people whenever I talk to them about short-term challenges is, hey, in, in your short-term challenge, we're going to do things in your short-term challenge that realistically over time we're just trying to create habits. So, mm. like w- what you do during the Beach Body Challenge, right? Shouldn't and I say should very lightly, right? But like, you know, for the most part, like won't be too far off of maybe what you should try to do for like 85% of your time here on earth if you're trying to make progress over a long term, right? Now, of course, during a short period of time, it looks a little bit different. So maybe, yeah, that's a challenge and that could be something that you could say is a little more short-lived. Um, but for the most part, like those sustainable habits should, should bleed over into our daily lives. And so um, that's something that I think about a lot of times when I'm talking to people about short-term challenges is, hey, really what we're doing with a short-term challenge is we're just taking a little more focus and effort on habits that we could try to sustain over a long period of time. It just looks different through a short-term lens. And so that's why adding a challenge in every now and then is really, really good to maybe see what kind of habits you could pick up and apply for the rest of your life. There's nothing wrong with going really all in and working really hard for a a period of time or doing a short-term challenge and stretching yourself. Um, The important thing is to be able to understand the why of switching and going back into something that's sustainable for a long period of time and realizing that you, you need to look at it as a season and it's not sustainable for forever. Um, and if you can stretch, then it'll be much easier to pull back a little bit and do 90% of what you are doing and keep that going for a year. So, um, that was a really good discussion. Um, we kind of went in some different directions that I wasn't expecting, but that's always, uh, always great. So, um, let's move on to outside the box. Wow. Um, so we will, uh, keep this relatively short because we are running out of time for the day, but you guys have anything you want to discuss real quick? Man. Um, outside of the box, what's happening, Caleb? I need. Oh, hey, it's fixing to be time to uh, have some crawfish going around. Crawfish. Uh, by the time this is coming out, right? I mean, Let's we're, go. We're, we're getting into that. I can. I get excited about that. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to to being involved with hopefully some crawfish bowls this year. We got so that's we got some fun. fun fun stuff coming up this um this spring. We have a coyote ten year anniversary coming up, and we've got some yeah. really 
really fun stuff planned for that. So you guys be on the lookout for that. We, we have some cool things that I think you guys are going to really like coming up. We also got some plans to maybe go watch a baseball game when it gets warm and, um, you know, enjoy the spring and just get outside and enjoy the new year. Turkey's about to start gobbling in case anybody's wondering. I wasn't Dude, wondering. Did, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know we'd go in that direction. Uh, you guys got anything you want to recommend before we wrap it up? Yeah, let's go. Liquid Death. They are not a sponsor yet, but maybe one day. That's something to aspire to. Uh, my jam right now is Liquid Death. I actually went to a party, and I was not partaking in alcohol. And I went to one of the gas stations and found uh, a couple, a couple uh, tall boys of Liquid Death. Um, sparkling water. I know... Hunter, you sent me a picture. You apparently tried the mango. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big liquid. Dust oh, fan. get out of here. I'm a, ah, I saw it in his eyes. When to, I, Topo Chico is. Well, I, Hunter, if you don't like wicked liquid death, you may like my recommend of water. No, get Summer that out of berry. here. No. We're on the sparkling water trend Look, this I, year, guys. I like Topo Chico in a glass bottle. That's how I roll. When we're talking trends. We're it, talking sparkling water here, guys. We're talking Give sparkling water. That is not a trend. That is a real Look, I thought thing. liquid death when I saw your picture was alcoholic beverage. And I was like, ooh, I want to try that. It's <laughs> dangerous. And then when we were at the grocery store, I was looking and I was like, Claire, there's no alcohol in this thing. Guys, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I could drink a hundred. <laughs> I was the life of the party. We were, it was, uh, it was a good time. No, I think, uh, I think liquid death is just something that's, uh, it's fun. One thing that I will say that I think there's a lot of validation to is that you enjoy things that you pay a little more for. I actually found that it was an event for me to go and get that drink. It's expensive for water, but I like, for some reason I assigned that value to it and I enjoyed it. So I was like, this is a special occasion. We're Upper getting class liquid water. There. That's how they get you, Caleb. I'm, I'm partaking in the, yeah, in the, uh, I'm just part of the crowd there. Well, I like my bottom shelf Waterloo just fine. Thank you. <laughs> get out of there. And that's liquid. my recommend, Summer Berry. Uh, so I uh, finished a daily reader, uh, the laws of, the daily laws is what it was called by Robert Green. I fin- I read that last year. It's just like a one page reading every Every day that I read in the morning, and this year I'm starting on the uh, Stoic, I forget what it's called, something Stoic by Ryan Holiday, the, the, daily, daily, the daily Stoic, yeah. yeah. So I had read parts of this one before, but i never gone through the whole thing, so I started that uh, for this year, and I just recommend a, a daily reader like that. I really like starting the day off with those. They're just one-page um, things that I read as part of my uh, morning routine, and um, I recommend finding a nice uh, daily reader and just, you know, reading a page every morning. It's pretty cool. You just inspired me. I think I'm going to read the Robert Green one. Yeah, I liked, it's good. I've read the Daily Stoic yeah. about most of it, but not, didn't get all the way through. Yeah. I'm going to do, do that one. That was good. Yeah, it's a, it, it, was a, it was interesting. So I've read almost all of his books, and I loved all of them. And so this was a, a good summation of a lot of it. So I like Robert Green. Yeah, Robert Green's great. So, uh, all right, well, that's it for today. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we will catch you next time. Silky smooth sounds.